Good morning. I want to welcome you here today, and I want to give you a couple of announcements before we begin, begin worship. First of all, I want to let you know that we did receive uh, Jeff and Lane and Maggie and Olivia and Helen Austin into our congregation at 9 o'clock. Uh, Jeff is the owner of Image Video downtown Greer, and they got three children that are in Katie's children's program. They've been coming for a while, and they finally made it official, and, that, and we're really happy to have them, and when you see them, please make them feel welcome. Uh, Cindy Davis will be holding a meeting at, on, at 545 in the youth room um, for uh, interest, if you're interested in being part of a youth chorus. Uh, and if you are, if you would see Cindy Davis. The children's programs begin tonight. All the children's programs start over tonight and for the school year. And also, uh, one of the Bible studies, there's two Bible studies already started, but there's one that hadn't started yet. It will start tonight at 5.30 in the social hall. It's a comprehensive uh, study of Christian financial principles, stewardship, etc., etc., by Dr. John McMillan. And um, Jimmy Fowler's one has brought this to us, and there will be five sessions. That's all it is, five sessions. So if you'll, uh, hopefully you'll be, this will satisfy the request we've had for some uh, Bible study concerning these issues. And we hope that you'll be part of that at 5.30 today. Uh, there was no registration needed. You just have to come and show up, okay? 5.30 at the social hall. Next, uh, not next Sunday, Sunday after next will be uh, our special luncheon for Ann as we celebrate her time with us in the Family Life Center. That's Sunday, September 21st. And we hope that you would uh, reserve your party. Uh, we, this meal will be catered. And so there's a, uh, a sign-up sheet in your bulletin or you can call the office. All right, let us begin our worship together.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray together. Give us, O Lord our God, understanding to know you, diligence to seek you, wisdom to find you, and a faithfulness that may finally embrace you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us affirm our faith. 
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. seated and let our children come forward for children's time. something special to show you all today first I'm going to ask a simple question what is one plus one two yes you're right it is two but today I'm going to defy logic I'm going to show you that one plus one can also equal three you ready are you ready so enthusiastic. So I'm get you to hold this one. Be, be very careful. It's glass. Okay. Since I've got two of you, I'll get you to hold that one. Okay. Got it. All right. So what do we have here? What is this? What color is it? Blue. Okay. And what color stained glass you have there? Red. Okay. So two separate colors, right? All right, now I want to show you something. Let me see. Let's see if I can do this. All right, now when I cross them together, what does that make? Black, what well, should be purple. <laughs> do I have enough light in here? I don't know if I have enough light in here. But yes, you're right. But the point is, red and blue make purple. The only reason I would know that is my wife's an art teacher. But it does make a separate color, doesn't it? So in this case, 1 plus 1 equals 3, right? So as we talk today in the scripture lesson, out of Matthew, the preacher's going to talk about when more than two of us are together, two Christians are together, Jesus is also there with us. So as we gather together in the presence of God as Christians, Jesus is there with us too, right? But we can't see Jesus, right? but we know he's there. Because right now, we're in this sanctuary. There's more than two of us here. The Holy Spirit and Jesus are with us, aren't they? So, did I do good defying logic today? Simple mathematics? So go to school tomorrow and tell your teacher that one plus one equals three. No, don't do that. I'm just kidding. Let us pray. Dear God, Thank you for this wonderful miracle that when we gather, Jesus is right here with us too. In Jesus' name, amen.
Good morning. Our first scriptural lesson comes to us from the letter that Paul wrote to the Romans. Uh, it's found on page uh, 1765 in your Bible. We'll be reading from the 13th chapter, the 8th through the 10th verse. Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. And whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be God.
let us bow our heads. O oh God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. O oh, creating and sustaining God, you have called all things into being, and you hold them in their appointed times and places. And we join this day with all creatures in heaven and on earth to sing praises to you. You have shown us the example of how we are to live with one another. You've put into our hearts the knowledge that we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. But we must confess this day that we are people who often fall short of the standards you set. We do not always treat each other with respect, nor do we rely upon, our, uh, upon you, O oh Lord, to resolve our conflicts. We're more ready to fight than we're ready to trust in your love. We pray, O oh God, this day that you'd forgive our sinning ways and restore us and knit us together by the power of your Holy Spirit. Fill us with gratitude for your acts of mercy. Enable us to show the same mercy to others. Help us to know that your wish for us is for us to be whole, to be reconciled and restored. So may your saving power wash over us this day. And may it wash over all who may be in distress or suffering and comfort those who contend with pain and brokenness. Encourage those who have lost all hope Bind up the brokenhearted. Jesus did promise that he would be among us when we gather in his name. So gathered we pray to you in his name. And we pray as he taught. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forth. <clears throat>
Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 through 20. Listen to these words from our Lord Jesus. He says, If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault, just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen, even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with <coughs> This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for your words of guidance. Help us now to understand and to see how we are to, to utilize them and apply them in our everyday situations. We pray in your name. Amen. Now in the first scripture lesson, there's an important sentence there I want you to hear again because it goes along with this scripture and that is where the Apostle Paul says, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Owe no one anything except to love. So we all know we're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. So the question I think that must have come to Jesus here, at least the way I'm reading it, is well, what happens when our neighbor hurts us instead of loves us? Think about something that's happened to you at some point in your life, something that hurt you, that someone did to you. I expected. You haven't forgotten it because it's difficult to forget things that hurt you. Now think about this. Well, is there somebody in your life today that has hurt you or is hurting you now? Or something has just recently occurred that seems unjust to you? What Jesus says to us, I think clearly here in this scripture, if we just look at it and see it and mine it for the wisdom that it is, some guidelines on how we are to deal with these kind of situations. These guidelines are a way to provide a structure and a procedure in which God's people can operate. And there's three steps. The first step requires you to take the initiative. The wrong person needs to take the initiative. Not the wrong person, the wronged person. If you are hurt by someone and you think it's serious enough for you to agonize over or serious enough that you find yourself wanting to talk about it to others like so-and-so did this to me or you find yourself gossiping about this other person because they've sinned against you, they've hurt you, then you're called as a Christian to take action. But the action Jesus says you're to take is to take the initiative in seeking reconciliation. Try to heal the split before it becomes worse. Now, I know very few people are fond of confrontation. I'm not. Most of us let things slide, let them go. We brood over them. That's often our preferred course of action. We suppress the hurt. We end up <laughs> avoiding the person who has offended us. We think, well, why don't that person come to me and reach out? After all, they're the one who did the wrong. The thing is, if we let things ride like that, they actually simmer and get worse over time, and we build up big walls of separation. They're hard to tear down, whether this is by a friend or a member of your family, a loved one. And in a perfect world, I guess, people would, a lot bubble would go off in their head and they would think, yes, I need to go say I'm sorry, but that doesn't always happen. And so we must think about it in realistic terms and we must realize that Jesus is saying to us, that's all fine and good, but if this person has offended you, 
We need to give them the benefit of the doubt. They may not realize they've done so. Or maybe they realize it and they just don't know how to fix it. If we are concerned about an offense that has been committed against us, we are called by the Lord Jesus Himself to take action to resolve the situation and not let it fester. Jesus clearly says, take the initiative. Attempt to set the matter straight, privately, one-on-one, -on -one first. You've got to meet that wrongdoer and talk things over. Now, I'm a person who occasionally puts my foot in my mouth and <coughs> I offend someone without realizing it. And nothing hurts me more than to discover months later from some third party that I have hurt someone. It so, would be so much better if the person who was offended would just come directly and talk about the situation as Jesus is telling us to do. Scripture is clear, I do believe. If anyone sins against you, go and point out the fault in private. And if the person listens, then you've achieved something great. You've achieved what is called reconciliation, which is what we really all hope to receive and to extend to others. Okay. I can hear you thinking, so that sounds reasonable, Lord, I, I hear what you're saying, but what happens if that person who has sinned against me refuses to listen to me? You know, sometimes I read the scripture and I think there must have been someone in the background asking questions and Jesus was just answering and they just wrote down what Jesus was saying because it sounds like someone popped up and said, okay, I go do that. I've already done that or I did that, Lord, and it didn't work. And the Lord says, here's your next step. If you not listen to the first time, take one or two others along with you a second time. And the reason you do that is so you have a witness and, the, and the remember that Jesus also reminded them that when there were two or more of you together, I'm with you, so now I'm present. And that's what you do second. And then someone must have spoke up and said, well, Jesus, I, I've done that too, now what? And Jesus then said, bring it to a group of caring and discerning fellow believers to help mediate the situation. Jesus' instructions are clear. They're simple. And if we take the step, we take the initiative, and then we, and then we carry through the steps, uh, most of the time the process works. I have found out my own personal experience of trying to follow the Lord in this uh, precept is that mo nine out of ten times the person will say, oh, I did not realize I had offended you. I am sorry. I did not realize that offended you. So it works. And to see, the thing is, is that you either win back your brother or your sister, they, they repent of what they did, they say they're sorry, harm is restored between you, or the offender by their own choice will remain unrepentant and the entire community will know. Now that seems to me like a pretty clear understanding of how to deal with someone who hurts us. And it seems to me like that if we follow the instructions of Jesus, Jesus, we're either going to mend fences or we're not going to be able to mend fences and no blame will attach itself to us because we will have done all that we should do. And so often I think it would be nice if Jesus would leave it at that. <laughs> Jesus is awfully good at adding one other little sentence which causes it changes the whole mix of things. Jesus said that if all else fails and the offender does not repent after these three attempts at reconciliation, then we are to treat them like a pagan and a tax collector. 
Well, thank goodness I can hear some of your, you saying in your minds, Jesus has finally given me permission to do what I wanted to do in the first place. Maybe I'll just skip one, two, and three and go right straight for number four, which means I'm going to treat that person as a pagan and a tax collector from now on. But hold on. Before you rush out and start doing this, you need to ask, now what exactly does Jesus mean by that? Well, the first thing we need to recall is that the one who speaks these words, Jesus, is the same one who was spoken against where it reads in the scriptures, now the tax collectors and the sinners were coming to Jesus and the people were murmuring, Jesus receives these tax collectors and these sinners and eats with them. To which Jesus said, I have come to seek the save and the lost. In other words, even after we've taken the initiative to mend fences or make the peace, even if all else fails and we went through step one, step two, and step three, we are called to take one more step. We are called to live among them as ones who, as the Apostle Paul said in the corresponding scripture, owes nothing to anyone except for love. So all you owe them, even though they're still unrepentant, even though the three steps didn't work, the fourth step says you still owe them love. You still owe them the same thing that Jesus has offered to you unconditionally over and over. Mercy, forgiveness, and love. You see, the Lord reminds us ever so often that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Or as he spoke through the prophet Ezekiel, he says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked but rather that they turn from their ways and live. So, as I have told, been told before and as I told the 9 o'clock service, that means after you've done step 1, 2, and 3, invite them out to dinner. Okay? Because the Lord had invited them to dinner. And over maybe over breaking of the bread and dinner, they'll repent. You see, we, can go, we will go a long way in our life if we just understand that, if, that mending fences is really supposed to be our first responsibility. We would go a long ways to knowing that if we want to heal our broken relationships, if we want to find lasting peace, we need to remember to take the initiative in dealing with those who sin against us and to follow Jesus' precepts, his steps uh, to, to do this. Once you have done this, it takes a great burden off of you, whether the person repents or not, because then you're not holding on to your hurt. You've got to let go of that hurt. You're not holding on to something that every so often rears in the back of your head and says, I want revenge. You, you're, you, won't, you won't hold on, you won't start down that road of gossip which turns into oftentimes maliciousness. You see, the thing is that whether our efforts bring about change or not, we will have done God's will. And we will be in God's will. And, and God simply wants us as believers, and remember this was given to the believing people, to us, to his followers. God simply, simply wants us to operate the same way he operates and allow him to do final judgment. Give people, first of all, the benefit of the doubt that maybe they don't realize they've offended you and go to them. And then follow the steps all the way. If it takes you all the way to four, then so be it that you are called to treat them with the same way that the Lord treated them, with mercy, with compassion and forgiveness, the same way he treats us. And when we do that, 
we will, as Paul said, owe no one anything except love. And we will go a long ways to understanding, and not only understanding, but modeling the phrase, love one another as you would love yourself. The rest, in my opinion, is between God and them. We will have done our duty before the Lord. Let's pray. Oh Lord, there's probably not a person in this room, and I know even in my life, that there, there is someone that, I, that has hurt me. There is someone in, in the folks who are listening to me's lives who have hurt them, and they need to seek reconciliation. Help them to reach out. Help us to reach out to those who might have offended us and seek reconciliation. Strip us from the pride that prevents us from going first and the pain that stops us from opening our hearts to those who have sinned against us. Help us to owe no one anything but love in all situations. For we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit. May they be yours this day and each day. Amen. Amen.